0: Good morning, LinkedIn. Good morning, Robert. How are you doing today?
1: Good morning, LinkedIn, and good morning, Doreen. You know, we were just talking, Doreen, and I'm not feeling well today, so what I will say is I'm not feeling on fire, but I'm still burning bright like a candle.
0: Ooh, that's still fancy to me. Listen, even when you're not feeling well, you can drop some good... Benchline line here <laughs> that's great so hello everyone welcome on good morning linkedin the podcast show live here when we talk about you know trending topics and things that matters about our personal and professional development no bs conversation you know no filter we're here for the tea and if this is your vibe Feel free to stay here for half an hour with us and drop your comments, your perspectives, your question, okay? Because we love having those interactive interaction with you. So today, today topic, today's topic, I feel is like the many topics that we cover in this show. You know, has been trending, buzzing to the point that everyone uses it to for for almost like at every source but what does it mean in the end right we are talking about work life balance is it a myth or reality is that something that we can achieve or is that something that is trending in the air and then you know at the end of the day our life is the, is still the same what do you think about it rob myth or reality
1: oh you know what Here's what I'm gonna say. Stay tuned throughout the show, and then you'll hear my opinion on whether it's a myth or a reality. Work-life balance, isn't it something that people strive for? It's the the new big buzzword. I need work-life balance. Hmm. What do I think? You'll find but, out later.
0: Hmm. That's interesting, and we want to know. But you know, as a millennial myself, um, I think that. Baby Boomers' loyalty and logic, logic has created so many unhealthy standards in our society, you know, working long hours, uh, working at a job that mistreats you, uh, working in a job that you hate until you are 65. Right, and oftentimes where you have been loyal maybe for twenty years, thirty years sometimes, and you get fired, laid off, you know, without notice, that's the kind of stuff that is kind the kind of standards, and as a result, the kind of uh mentality and vision that we we have from the workforce right and what it should look like when actually millennials and Gen Z uh, we have been breaking boundaries in the workplace because we strive for better job satisfaction and work-life balance So now my question to you, Rob, and to you watching the live and the replay, have you read the story on LinkedIn from the CEO CEO who shared a controversial opinion on work-life balance, advising everyone not to hire low-performing B player? I know you saw that one, uh, uh, Rob, because we were talking about it. Now, I
1: did read the article, but for those who who haven't seen it, Check out what it says here never hire anyone that's looking for work-life balance he goes on to say i'm not against work-life balance balance is important you cannot perform at high levels unless you have all the areas in your life in harmony however i'm in the business of providing people with an opportunity to earn money and grow in their career Woo!
0: so this is only the first part of the post for those of you who may not have seen it, uh, and this um CEO received a lot of backlash for two weeks. A lot of backlash and a lot of hate, hate to the point that he had to release uh, up to a few days ago a justification of his post. And so, we were, Robin. Now we were talking about the fact that. We did, and this is our personal opinion, and we do agree on this one. That we don't see anything wrong with what he said in his first post because he shares his perspective, right? But we are in a world where people are keen <laughs> to drop uh, 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 a lot of hate, uh, you know, a lot of backlash on people if what they feel or what they think or their perspective differs from the what is expected from people. But initially, he thought was just him sharing his perspective.
1: Yeah. So Doreen, let's go to some of my favorite people in our audience. Uh, And let's start out with my favorite Bob, Bob Feathers. He says, also know that it is not 50-50, but as long as it's not 100-0 or 0-100. That, I think, is the mic drop moment of the day. But Then Bob goes on to say, F that guy. (laughs) And my cousin Bobby Lee agrees with Bob Feathers so um bob says that their ceo preaches work life balance so So
0: now now, so hannah my question to you bob i would love to know when you say your ceo preaches work-life balance what does that mean how does he preach it i'm really curious to know
1: yeah so but doreen let's get into the rest of what he said and then i'll tell you my thoughts on it Because he also said most people, not all, but most people say, quote, I'm looking for work life balance, are not driven to grow and therefore are not committed to improvement or being super committed to company goals. Then he says, I've seen many companies offer a four day work week in an attempt to attract talent. The only staff they attract are those that have given up on their growth. They therefore build teams and companies of B players and low performers. Which over time drain away profits and results. Now, Bob, if you didn't, if you weren't mad in the beginning, you're probably mad now. <laughs> but, <clears throat> sorry, Doreen and I were talking before the show, and and I said a couple things to Doreen. She was like, "Oh, that's good. You got to say that on the show." And then I, I immediately forgot what I said. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> so, so there are two things. First. To Bob's point, it's never 50-50. Work-life balance is like a teeter-totter. Anybody remember the teeter-totter you used to play on when you were a kid, where one person sat on this side, another sat on the other, and the whole goal was to try Mm -hmm. and rock each other? So that's what life is like. If one side is too high or too low, then it tips over, and you're trying to keep it in balance, but you never, ever get it in balance. But the fun part is when you go up and you're high in the sky. And when you come down and you're low, the fun is in making it all work just like this. And that's not the example that I used earlier, Doreen, but
0: I'll
1: I'll get to that one in a minute. So, but you also have to think about it like this. If you've ever heard, everybody think about your favorite song, even think about the intro song that Doreen just played here. Every song starts off with first, one instrument kind of dominating. And my favorite songs, it's usually a drum because I used to play drums. Oh, you hear that drum start off and it gets the cadence going. Then all of a sudden the trombone starts, then the trumpet starts, then the guitar starts. But each instrument typically has its own part to play in creating a harmony, right? Then you have the chorus to the song. Then you might have the bridge where there's a breakdown. And then my favorite instrument is a saxophone. You might have that saxophone that comes in and has a solo But what happens is they all come together and create this good song. That's work-life balance. It's harmony, where at some points in time you create more and at other points in time you create less, you contribute, sorry, less. But when it all comes together, it helps to complete a project or to complete an assignment. That's work-life balance
0: yes exactly and actually the follow-up questions uh bob provided an answer like he means so his boss means when he talks about work-life balance you work hard but you have a life to live take time for your family don't bring your work home we don't ping each other past work hours okay so that's fair enough and oh actually here again is say hey guys I just realized <laughs> where is the third member of the team today, guys? Ooh, yes. Our team member Shim. Here is Shim. Welcome, Shim, to the show. So, as usual, leave your comment down below and keep you know sharing your perspective with us. So thank you, Gail, for, for the kind reminder. So, to, to, to your point, um let me close that. To your point, Rob, exactly. It's about harmony, right? And that's what he said in in his uh, in his initial post, and but you know what I think I think one of the reasons that he post received that min- that much backlash is because I feel like he shared he- by him sharing his perspective showed us that. He has a lack of awareness of the reality of what's happening now in the world, and I think also it showcased his own lack of flexibility and adaptability to the current context. In a time where the concepts called the great resignation or quiet quitting are rising among millennials and Gen Z, it's interesting to see how the majority of leaders, and this guy is not an exception, right? How they want to stick to the old way of doing things rather than adjusting to what workers want, actually. And there is a, um, a Deloitte a Global 2022 Gen Z and millennial surveys that find out that only 23% listen, that's very interesting. Only 23% of Gen Z uh, plan to stay in their current job, job Beyond five years, and 40% want to live within two years, suggesting dissatisfaction is high. So we have we are now talking about resentism, right? So a rising feeling, a rising feeling of resentment among those left in jobs, they are and happy with so if you keep doing and working and leading the old ways like millennials now we do represent the majority of the workforce and Gen Z even though they were babies a couple of years ago now they are entering the workforce as well so I think there is a gap somehow. And the more some leaders and CEOs want to pursue their old way of doing things because that's what used to work in the past, we'll, like, we'll fail miserably and we'll have a hard time like succeeding because we are millennials and Gen Z. We are no longer like willing to accepting that kind of bullshit. I'm sorry, but this is what it sounds like to us.
1: Yeah. So, you know, and you bring up a, a good point too. So when you think about the root cause of this problem. Let's just think back. Historically, you had households where one person worked outside of the home and another person worked inside of the home. And so this mentality came about for a few reasons. If you really just think deep about it, men are often told to suppress their feelings. So if you go to a job that you hate, you are often told to just suck it up and suffer. Now, the other reason that you were suffering is because your household was dependent on one income. So you just sucked it up for the sake of your family. And in the meantime, you were miserable inside. So now the world has kind of shifted some to where you don't have to necessarily die at an organization, you give your best to it, but you also give your best to other areas of your life that are important too. But then here's the other thing that struck me as interesting about this article. He talked about creating an environment full of A players. Now, my grandmother used to say that too much of anything can be bad. Mm. So even if you have too much money, that could be bad. Think about all the lottery winners who are broke years later because they don't know how to manage money. Now, if you look at operating environments, when you have too many A players, too many people who are driven and highly driven, they fail because you do need some b players your b players are people who like to be told what to do and don't rock the boat and kind of just want to do the job you need a players to be innovative and creative you need b players to actually Mm -hmm. execute so both have to work in harmony
0: you know like when i think about uh, so i don't know if you are familiar with soccer but there is a big team in in France, Paris Saint-Germain, so PSJ. And so this is qatari owned, though, even though it's a French team. And so money isn't limited there. So they have the best soccer players in the world. They have Messi, they have uh, Mbappe, they have um, like Brazilian guys. I don't know those names, but they are like the best players in the world. But like... It was like, at the beginning, it was so hard. Even now, you know, like we were expecting like to see like the best team in the world, but because they are like strong and the best players in the world, so A players, they all have their own dynamic. They all have their own game and they are used to play In teams where because they are the A players, the B players would feed their games, right? And this is how they became so strong and popular and they would win so many games. But now you see all the A players in the same team. And so they are like, hey, but who will be serving the game? This is not me, this is not me, this is not me, because I'm an A player. So, what happened then? They don't deliver, they don't have great results. So, that's exactly, this is really the analogy I have in mind, because having a team of A players, like there is a lack of harmony, as you said. But the thing, though, that you want to avoid are the C players. So, I, I have a some challenges you know with this idea of categorizing people a b c players that's the way it is listen but you know you want to avoid those c players that you know will will have a negative impact or would be negative energy or maybe you know they will um won't want to work or do any stuff but you know you need to find harmony 100% so to your point actually uh, um, Rob, maybe you want to read this comment from Gail because it adds up to what you were saying.
1: Yeah, she says, I think COVID highlighted the need to change our perspective about work. Many of us had worked with a company for more than 10 years and just served without a blink after sacrificing time with family and loved ones. Not everyone, but many. Yeah, well, and a part of that too is, is in the deep-rooted belief that we have to spend eight hours a day, 40 hours a week at work. That's a fallacy. What you have to do is complete the projects. And this is what I call when I, so I have some courses where I teach talent management specifically for auditors. And I say, do you value someone's performance or do you value their presence? Now, let me explain what I mean by that. If you value someone's presence, then you just want to see them at work. They don't necessarily perform well. If you value Mm -hmm. their performance, you let them get the freaking job done. If they can do the job in 32 hours a week, let them do it in 32 hours within that week. But what people end up doing is they go to work and they make up stuff to do because they're finished with this important project, but they still want to be seen. And so they go to the break room a lot or they, they make up busy work to do. And that creates an environment where they think I could be doing so many other things. Yeah. And
0: exactly. Yeah. So now if we look at the more practical uh, uh, aspect of the work-like balance, mm-hmm. a recent study showed that achieving a better balance between professional and personal priorities boils down to a combination of reflexivity. So let me know in the comments if you are familiar with the term reflexivity let me pull it out on the screen so basically reflexivity is the fact of someone being able to examine their own feelings reaction and motives and how this influence what they do or think in a situation so were you familiar with this word uh, Rob because when I came across this that I found it very interesting
1: never heard of the word familiar with the
0: concept
1: but i've never heard of that word I, I didn't know that that word existed
0: exactly so we are talking about reflexivity and so today we are sharing with you five steps to start questioning assumptions to increase self-awareness and redefine your priorities are you ready let us know in the comment if you're ready rob are you ready i'm ready okay so let's get I want started
1: reflexivity
0: <laughs> okay, let's get started then. So the first step is to pause and denormalize. Okay, oh. so the idea here is to take a step back and ask yourself questions such as, what is, the cur- what is currently causing me stress, unbalance or dissatisfaction? how are these circumstances affecting how i perform and engage with my job what am i prioritizing what am i sacrificing right so only and it's only after you take a mental pause and acknowledge these factors that you can start being to tackle them because it's easy to talk about work-life balance but if you don't have a clear uh, perception and if you haven't identified what are the roots of the imbalance in the first place, right? It's, it's hard to take action in, in, in a concrete way. So pause and denormalize what you think or what you were thinking was normal up to now.
1: Yeah, I think that's important because a lot of us get triggered prematurely by things that other people say and do. And if we pause and take a step back, we can really figure out what's really happening logically facts don't Um, care about feelings
0: they they don't and actually you know I, I was reading this article where someone said you know we are used that job will treat you poorly because for for the job itself we are like a, a, a token that they are using to achieve their goals. So if I'm a token you want to use to achieve your goals as a CEO or as a company, why I wouldn't be able to use that position to advance my own goals, right? So it's a two-way street.
1: Exactly. That whole thought process is flawed. We're both using one another. And, and it's it's okay to be used. Relationships are usury. You just Like anything, it could be good or it could be bad. They're using us for our skills and knowledge, which you want them to because for that, they pay us. We're using them for a paycheck and that's okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. So step number two to achieve work-life balance is to pay attention to your emotion. Mm. That's a big one, this one, pay attention to your emotion acknowledge your emotions. That's something that I'm still learning, to be honest with you. It's something that I even didn't know was a thing.
1: So let me give you a good example of that, though, because I think I told you before the show, I made somebody mad with a post I made the other day, and it was quite comical to me. So I made a post about artificial intelligence and I said, you will not be replaced by AI. You will be replaced by people that know how to use AI. And this woman came onto my post and she said, you are a criminal and a thief. I said, ma'am, what have I stolen? And she said, when you do AI that's artwork, you're taking other people's work and claiming it as your own. So then I responded back to her and threw out a legal term for her. There is a legal term called derivative works, which is creating a copywritten work based on another copywritten work, derivative works. But then I also took the time to let her know that, ma'am, While I'm not stealing anything because I've not sold anything and derivative works is a thing, you, by calling me a thief, have done what's called defamation of character, which is a crime. So now I went and looked at her background and what she is, is a voiceover artist. So now here is someone who has been triggered because voiceover AI? is starting to replace some voice actors. Instead of her learning how to use voice over AI to her benefit, because I use it a lot in the AI videos that I generate for organizations. Instead of her learning how to use it and enhancing her business by offering different voices, different dialects, she became angry at me and lashed out on one of my posts. I I thought it was comical, but if you can't control your emotions, something is wrong with you, not the other person. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's true. That's, that's really true. That's one way to see it. So, you know, like once you have posed and denormalized, de- you know, what you think was normal, you know, ask yourself the right question. Now now you want to, once you have increased that awareness of your current situation, you want to, you want to be able to identify and pay attention how those situation makes you feel, right? So do you feel energized? Do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel, do you feel satisfied? Or do you feel angry, resentful, sad? Right. So, uh, having developing a rational understanding of the decisions and priorities driving your life is important, but it is equally important uh, as your emotional reflexivity. Right. So, in that, in your example, uh, 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 Rob, definitely the, the the lady who responded back to you, she didn't exercise her emotional reflexivity, right? So, which is basically the capacity to recognize how a situation is you, making you feel and to understand why you're feeling that way, okay? Which brings us to step number three, how to achieve work-life balance, reprioritize, okay? Increasing your cognitive and emotional awareness gives you the tools you need to put things into perspective and determine how you, your priorities need to be adjusted. Once you First, you identify the situation. Is it normal? What's normal? I denormalize it. Secondly, I acknowledge my own feeling and I try to understand why I'm feeling this way. And so once I have identified the two, then I start repro reprioritizing um you know my priorities right what do i feel this way so now what should i do and what should i set up as my new priority so some example of questions that you can ask yourself is what am i willing to sacrifice and for how long that's the thing
1: (laughs) you know what have you ever met somebody you ask them what their priorities are and they just say everything is a top priority
0: That can be true.
1: Right. I am scared of those kind of people. So let me tell you, I I dated this one girl a long time ago, dated this one girl. She told me everything in my life is so hectic. And I said, well, what are your priorities? She said to me, everything. So I did this one little experiment with her. I took five pencils and I laid them out and I said, each one of these pencils represents a priority in your life. Put them in order. She put them all in the same line, meaning that they all had the same priority. So I said to her, if everything in your life is a priority, then nothing is. Yeah. She nothing. didn't get it, so I had to leave her alone. <laughs> 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 like If everything is a priority, you will stress yourself out and then you will reach burnout. If everything is at the top of your list, you're going to be a stressed out person. Run from people who don't know how to prioritize
0: it's overwhelming oftentimes people are overwhelming it's because if you're trying to prioritize everything that you can't so it is overwhelming right and so this is really unhealthy though
1: yeah I'm actually trying to prioritize things and I have too many things on my plate which means what some things are not going to get the attention that other people think that they deserve now Mm -hmm. that's your problem if that's your uh your situation don't be driven by what other people think. People will tell you what your priorities should be, but that's because they're only looking at it from their selfish standpoint. You're gonna have to let some people down. That's just what it is.
0: Some people and some tasks down also, right? Yeah,
1: you have to be okay with letting people down.
0: Yeah, this is part of life. So now our next step is consider your alternatives. Go ahead.
1: Before you jump into solutions, you must first reflect on the aspects of your life that could be different when you better align your priorities. And so there are different components of your job that can be changed. How much time would you like to spend with your family or on your hobbies or even on your job? So you got to figure out what are some alternatives that you can take? And that oftentimes that takes a lot of reflection. Uh, Oftentimes that takes trusting in other people. It takes learning the art of delegation. Most of the time we don't want to let stuff go. This is how I bucket stuff. You have to figure out what you can delegate. What you can do yourself and what you just have to drop. And sometimes it's dropping temporarily and sometimes it's dropping permanently. But that's when you get to the point of you're going to let people down, sometimes even yourself, but you have to mourn that loss and get over it. There's certain things you just simply don't have the time to do. Or the money to do, or the desire to do, or even the ability to do. And I think that's the biggest part. We start beating ourselves up when we need to just let certain stuff go.
0: Man, actually, Gail says that one of the, the 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 biggest challenge is that many make work a priority over family because they need that job to pay those bills and there is no balance as a result.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, here's what's tough about that, especially in the United States. I think we have a twisted view of what it takes to be successful. I've got a buddy. I won't say exactly. I know he was making an average salary, what's considered average. You can look it up. Average in America for most people is about $40,000 a year. He was making a little bit above average, but not much above. This man was married with two children, and he was the only one working outside of the home. And I asked him one day, I was like, hey, man, how did you do it? So here's what they did. Him and his three people, they lived in a two-bedroom home. His wife homeschooled their children. She made his lunch every day before he went to work. So there was no frivolous spending on eating out. They took vacations once a year and they reprioritized what was important. He didn't wear fancy clothes. They didn't drive a fancy car. As a matter of fact, they had one car that they shared. She dropped him off at work in the morning and picked him up. But they were just as happy at, or are, sorry, not work. <laughs> they are just as happy as can be because they reprioritized life and, and and so they built a life where they said, here's what happiness is to me. It's not chasing a six-figure salary, but it is having a good job that I like that can pay the bills. So it, it's all about considering your alternatives and working within those. Um like, I'm gonna stop there i could talk
0: all day about that but that is very true actually you know and i feel like in in north america given that i'm coming from from europe in north america people chase success and when they chase success i feel they share two things uh the status and the money or the money and the status right so like if it's what makes you happy if this is your vision of happiness why not but like i feel a lot of people got caught up in this idea that success and the status and the money you know is what makes you happy when actually from my perspective it's not right because we do prioritize so many different things uh, back back home compared to make us that we consider will make us happy and successful than what people would consider here as a priority to make yourself uh, uh, happy and successful. So this is really yeah. a, a, a matter of perspective. But I, I must say, in North America, it's it is tough because you have. I feel like you have to hustle all the time. Right? right, you have to be in. If you're not in, you out. If you out, it means what? People will say, "Hey, you are not committed. You are not dedicated. You know, you don't work hard enough." Like whatever you do, there is always one side where people will judge you for not doing enough or for not being enough to achieve the ultimate goal, which is money and success and the status right. that goes with it.
1: I knew somebody who 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 believed that they should always have a new car. So every three years, they got a new car. Right, and Car notes. A car could cost you about six, seven hundred dollars a month. Can you imagine what else you could do with that six or seven hundred dollars? I've never bought a brand new car off of a parking lot in my life, and I never will. The car I drive now is what, uh, ten years old. It's a nice car, don't get me wrong, but it's old, and I, I will never spend. But, but if if we spend time chasing that shiny new object, we're gonna have to work to pay it off. All the time, so we're going to spin our wheels at a job that we hate, to drive a car that we don't like, or to drive a house that's too big for us. One person living in a five-bedroom house. What? Yeah.
0: Doesn't yeah. This this is the North American model, and again, I'm not saying it's bad or it's good. I'm saying it's different from what I know, obviously. But I feel like if it makes pe- some people happy, that's wonderful. But don't get Don't get caught into thinking that this is the only way or the only model that you should run after in order to make you happy. I believe that's the point we're trying to make here, right? Here's the
1: thing, though. Statistics show that it's not making people happy. If you look at recent studies, it shows that we're living in a time where people are the most unhappy. However, we have the most modern conveniences.
0: Yeah, right. So it doesn't, there is no correlation here. So let's recap the steps before we dive into the last one. Let's recap the four steps that uh, you can start implementing in order to find that work-life balance based on what is important to you, right? So first, my friend, go ahead.
1: Ooh, pause and denormalize. Second step is pay attention to your emotions. Third, reprioritize. Fourth, consider your alternatives and drum roll please. The fifth step, take some action.
0: It's quite simple, huh?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And realize that you are going to fail too. You're not gonna get it right the first time and forgive yourself while you're taking action because you're getting it quote unquote right. And realistically it'll never be right because it's what, a seesaw, a teeter-totter. Enjoy that ride, that up and down. It's a roller coaster, right?
0: It is. But I think also, you know, it's important to say to mention that once you you have recognized your priorities and carefully considered the options, right? We talked about the alternatives that could help you improve. It's time to take action. Take action. Take action, please, people. So that can be you. you want to prioritize and make some changes in your public life meaning at work. And there are also changes. So when I say at work, when we say at work, it's like you let your co-workers know that this is the changes that you are uh, are taking action on, you are implementing, you are setting up new boundaries, because this is what you want to do, right? So this is the public uh, change that you want to address. But then, of, of course, there will be changes also in your private life, right? So those are the, 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 the patterns that you will work on. You will work on yourself, basically, you know, which like takes a time, commitment, and dedication. Like you want to change the outcome. You want to achieve the work-life balance that you have envisioned for yourself. So make those adjustments. It publicly and privately because at the end of the day you don't want to fool yourself right it's not about saying hey this is what i'm doing to others but then in the private sphere you are not taking action and working on yourself because that will be an imbalance anyway at some point
1: oh wow that was good
0: that was good yeah yeah i think so i mean <laughs> what you just
1: said in the end that was that was good Stop me for a minute there because I especially like the part that you said make them known publicly and privately because I know like a lot of times and I'll speak for some of us guys, here, just some of us. Again, I don't speak for everyone, but what we'll do is we'll work hard and then you might have like a significant other that you're sitting there looking at and they're saying, well, I want you to spend some time with me. And you say, but I'm working because I have to pay bills. You set a time frame. Hey, listen, I've got this very important project that I'm working on at work. It's going to take three months to complete and then i'll rebalance and then you have to rebalance again but that part really i was like wow that was pretty good publicly and privately
0: Mm -hmm. you got to
1: make your intentions known to all of those around you yeah
0: exactly and and gail says uh, i think it takes a certain level of maturity and self-awareness to get to that point and that's exactly why our first two steps are like about about increasing self-awareness first like you 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 develop awareness about what you consider normal and denormalize it, right? And then you pay attention to your feelings because you got to develop that Mm self-awareness. And most companies reward overtime and extra hard work and we fall into the trap. This is why this conversation is so timely.
1: Yeah, I think it goes back to what we said earlier. Do you value someone's performance or do you value their presence? So like when I'm training and coaching people, this, here's the example I use. So everybody has a favorite song. One of my favorite songs in the whole wide world is this song called Happy Feelings. It's by a group called Maze featuring Frankie Beverly. And it's about the happy feelings that you get in life when you're achieving things. Now, this song was written and produced in 1982, I believe. Rumor has it that it only took them one to two weeks to record this song. Now imagine if the record studio had told them, you need to spend three months on this project to create a song, the presence in the studio every day. I wouldn't have had this song that I've listened to weekly for most of my life. So I value their performance, which is actually the song being on the airwaves, than I do their presence in the record studio. Could you imagine that? Yes, Natasha, Frankie Beverly. That's right. You love maize too. Man, look, can you imagine if employers took that approach, though? I'm more concerned with your performance, not your actual presence. Now, don't get me wrong. You got to be there to get the work done. But I'm talking about clock-watching organizations.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And just maybe to before we wrap up, keep in mind that the five steps we just shared with you are not a one-time activity, right? But rather a continuous reevaluation and improvement of yourself and the way you are doing things. Because as we grow, as we evolve, as we age, our priorities change, right? And life happens. So it's really important for you. And let's recap quickly, uh, briefly, those five steps so you can take notes and so you can, you know, like reassess yourself uh, on a continuous, ba- continued basis, basics. So, uh, you know you you ensure that you do what's best for you and that you develop a work-life balance pattern that fits that fits you and makes you happy ultimately right so number one
1: number one pause and denormalize number two pay attention to your emotions number three it's coming number, number, three, re- <laughs> 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 number four consider your alternatives and number five, just take some action.
0: Yes, take action, people. Whoa, what a convo. I thank you so much to all of you uh, to be uh, to be part of this conversation. Today, we went over time, but listen, it was all worth it, so thank you so much for being here, for your contribution, your questions, your, your life examples, and for being part of this beautiful experience and show that is Good Morning LinkedIn. We will see you next week, Saturday morning, for an or afternoon, depending where you are in the world, for another live episode of Good Morning LinkedIn. In the meantime, you take care, you stay safe, and we will see you soon. Bye-bye. Peace out.